All right, part two of Gin and Truth. Let's go. All right, so we were talking about the Department of Defense and the NFL and all this other stuff. Like I said, it was a recruiting effort. That, that, that's really it. That's the whole fucking story. I grew up in a time. I played football when the national anthem wasn't a thing. You came out, you played some football, you went back in. People are now saying, you know, well, these athletes, they're, they're not being patriotic, so on and so forth, the blase and the glavenoids. Gang, there is a job to where you can go and sign up and be a professional patriot. It's called the United States military. Those are your professional patriots, not Colin Kaepernick. And what, Indian, this is what gets my goat. It takes three hours to play a football game. Three hours. And I know people, or at least they have fronted, I've caught them in a fucking lie. It just becomes a fashionable thing to say that you're going to do it. Who are boycotting football for three hours because of 120 seconds before the game. People are taking a knee. Well, Robert, I can't, I, I just, I can't watch it because you're taking a knee. Really, fucker? Well, why can't they just do their job? They are. Colin Kaepernick's job was to throw a football. And just in case anyone's going to come with that tired talking point, oh, he sucked. Then you don't know football. Shut the fuck up. You're as qualified to talk about this as Rush Limbaugh. Colin Kaepernick didn't suck. And save me the screenshots of whatever tortured stat. Shut the fuck up. Just do the job I'm paying you to do. That's exactly what they're doing. They're not paid to be patriots. They're played, paid to play football. You know, that thing you're asking them to shut up and do. That's exactly what they're doing. And while I'm on this, let, let me tell you another reason why that part sucks. No symbol can be more important than the people it's supposed to represent. That flag that y'all now all of a sudden love so much. First and foremost, I'm relatively young. And I remember when it wasn't so fucking popular. Again, this patriotism thing, it's like a pair of Jordash jeans. Yeah, I said Jordash. I'm almost 50. Fuck you. But I've gone. I remember going to high school games when no one gave a shit. I've been to people's houses. I've been to people's luxury boxes since the Department of Defense uh, shook people's hands and said, hey, help us out. The exact same people who are screaming about patriotism were the exact same people when I was at their house, when I was in their stadium boxes watching college football. These were the exact same people who couldn't be bothered to put down their beer or their nachos for their special song, for their magical piece of cloth. Couldn't be bothered to stop talking about some fucking intellectually vapid bullshit during their special song. But now all of a sudden it's popular. So now, you know, before everyone was fucking Steve Rogers. Now everyone is Steve Rogers after he took the super soldier serum. Well, guess what? You're not. You're still a fucking tool. It's simply fashionable. But again, no symbol can be more important than the people it's supposed to represent. And I think I stole this from D.L. Hughley. I want to give him some credit. 
If an American flag was burning and a black person was drowning and you could only either put out the fire or save the black person, which one would you do? I hope all of you fuckers chose option B. No symbol can be more important than the people it's supposed to represent. And when you sit there and y'all continually say things like, well, what about a flag? I literally just told you that I'm afraid for my life. Well, that flag. What about the fucking flag? If I put that thing in the garbage can and bought you another one, you wouldn't know the difference. You wouldn't. A cop shoots me in the face. You can always go get another black friend, but I'm the only Robert Christopher Reed I will ever have. You may not think my life is that important, but I do. And so when you sit there and you say, what about the flag? What about the song? Respect the flag, respect the song. And I'm saying, respect my life. And you're saying, respect the flag. You don't get to call me your friend anymore. And for that knowledge bomb, we're going to get a little bit of this Hendrix. Hold on. Mm, delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. So again, if you are complaining now, you're only showing the social issues that you don't give a damn about. Y'all remember Drew Brees, my Lord and Savior, Drew Brees? Last summer, that fucker made a comment about disrespecting the flag. Now, this was five years after after the Colin Kaepernick stuff. Now, Drew Brees, the reason why the Drew Brees thing sucked so bad, it isn't that he said it, is that he should have known never to open up his fucking mouth to say it. Not five years after. Drew Brees is unique in that he works in an industry where probably 70 plus, 80%, excuse me, of the employment force are financially secure black guys. He goes to work surrounded by black people all the fucking time. And so when Drew got out there and said, well, I'll never agree with anyone disrespecting the flag. Do you remember the backlash? Look it up on YouTube. People were crying. Because what it means is Drew walked his monkey ass into work every fucking day with his ears closed and his heart shut off. Because for five years, black football players, never mind everyone else out there in the fucking real world, but black football players have been saying, this isn't about a flag. For five years, black football players have been telling them, yo, it was a white troop. You know, the people who... We pretend to love so much, even though we nickel and dime the shit out of them when they get back. It was a white troop that told a black football player to kneel. Drew Brees went all this time and didn't hear a fucking word of that. So when he said it, again, you think I'm bullshitting? Go look on YouTube and see his former co-workers' reactions. Several of them were in tears. Their feelings were hurt so bad. Now, what did Laura Ingram's monkey ass come out there and do? 
Well, he's entitled to his opinion. I just don't. It's the First Amendment. And the reason why Laura Ingram's monkey ass was so fucked up, because what did she say the year before about LeBron James, who voiced his opinion on a social issue? Shut up and dribble. Why are we taking advice from a man who gets paid to dribble a ball? That's what she said. And you know what? Fuck Laura Ingram. And because I said fuck Laura Ingram, we're going to hit a little bit of this Hendrix. Hold on. Gin and truth. Let's go. So again, if you're speaking up now, you're only showing the social issues you don't give a damn about. And what's the other thing we always hear? Well, why are these athletes complaining? You're so rich. You know, what, what are you complaining about? You make $19 million a year. What, what are you complaining about? I, I was never made privy to the meeting where we decided what your W-2 has to say to read out before your opinion becomes null and void. Matter of fact, we're going to look some shit up. Thank goodness that the people's iPhone is sitting right here in front of me. Hold on. Let's go, Laura. Ingram, how do you spell that bigot's last name? All right, let's go. Laura Ingram, net worth. All right. Well, it's coming on the internet, so of course it has to be true. But even if it's cut in half, Laura Ingram's net worth is $40 million. Her yearly income is $15 million. Hey, Laura, what do you have to complain about? Hate Barbie tells other people to shut the fuck up. That bigoted scarecrow is worth $40 million. So if Colin Kaepernick has to shut up because he's rich, why is she speaking? Tucker Carlson, the man who is in possession of the single whitest name that has ever whited. What was it? Like Tucker, McNeil, Abercrombie, Winthrop, Swanson, McNeil, fucking Sir Lord the Third. He's never had to work. He said it on Bubba the Love Sponge show, remember? He's never had to work. In his words, I'm extremely loaded. What does he have to complain about? Why don't we tell him to shut up? You're so rich. What do you have to complain about? Fuck face. And then you get to Sean Hannity. You know, we're going to look up his net worth too. Let's pull open the phone of knowledge. We're going to type his name in. My phone may break down just because I typed his name in. Fuck me. Again, it's on the internet, so it has to be true. But even if you cut this in half, Sean Hannity's net worth is $250 million. Now, this is a man who has the perpetual look on his face like he's always posing for a fucking mugshot. It's worth $250 million. What does he have to complain about? Shut the fuck up. Isn't that what we tell the athletes? You're worth all this money. What do you have to complain about? I would say go get another job, but motherfucker, you got $250 million. You don't got to work anymore.
You can't snort that money away. You get it? So again, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. We tell Colin Kaepernick to shut up because he's rich. What do you have to complain about? What about these assholes? Again, if you're complaining now, you're only showing the social issues you don't give a damn about. Now, again, gang, when your next door neighbor says X, Y, and Z, no one even knows his or her fucking name. Athletes use their platforms to get social messages across. Otherwise, we wouldn't talk about it. That's how it works. Protests are supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Bringing up social issues that you don't agree about, that's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Nothing evolves during time of comfort. Nothing. And again, it's easy. Like I said in my last podcast, it's easy. Matter of fact, for Martin Luther, motherfucking king. Yes, I have crowned someone else with the title of motherfucking. So for Martin Luther, motherfucking king, we're going to hit a little bit of this Hendrix. Hold on. Mm, Gin and truth. Let's go. I don't even know where the fuck I was going with that. But Martin Luther King. Easy to love him now. Easy to jerk him off now. But would you have stood next to him in 1963? Right? All the... It's easy to jump on the back of his social issues now. Because it's easy. It's not quite as socially acceptable to make me sit at the back of the bus or to call me a nigger to my face. Not quite. Would you have stood next to him in 1963? He used his platform to get his social message across. This is, and again, for, for all the people who said, well, Martin Luther King would have agreed, why does it go? Let me tell you something. If MLK was alive when Colin Kaepernick first started his kneeling, he would have walked on that field. He would have patted him on the head. And he said, Junior Flip, this is cute. Let me show you how a motherfucking professional does it. And Martin Luther King would have wrecked shop. No one makes that kind of impact by being nice. Yeah, he was the Prince of Peace, blah, 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 blah. But that fucker ruffled feathers. For you Christians who actually think Jesus changed the world. There is no way, if your story is true, I don't believe it is, but there's no way you make that kind of change without ruffling a few feathers, without making maybe one or two enemies. You may even be murdered. What? Isn't that what your tomorrow is for? Oh, yesterday? Your good Friday? I've never, even when I was a hardcore Christian, I never fucking understood that. We're celebrating the most brutal Execution in history, apparently. Why is this good? But my point is, change isn't made unless people are made to feel uncomfortable. Colin Kaepernick, mission motherfucking accomplished, brother. You made people uncomfortable. And we now, and by we, I mean my Negroidal family and all the people that have had our back when it wasn't fashionable. Colin Kaepernick ruffled feathers. 
he made people have conversations that they didn't want to have. It's kind of like, you know, are we ready for the first black president? We'll never be ready. Are we ready for the first woman president? We'll never be ready. It is a constant discussion where I am. It's are we ready to have our first openly gay athletic superstar? We'll never be ready. The first of anything is going to be a token. And you're probably going to eat a lot of shit for it. We celebrate the shit out of Jackie Robinson, don't we? Don't we? That man ate more shit than anyone on the fucking planet. For those of us who know who he is, Heeman Sweat was the first black man admitted to the University of Texas Law School. That's the 60s, gang. My older sibling was born. This isn't fucking 1776. It changed his life for the worse. He never finished. It sunk him into a deep depression, costing him his relationship. The first of anything will always be a token. So again, let's circle back. All this babbling I'm doing. If you're speaking up now, you are simply showing the social issues you don't give a damn about. No, we're not going to shut up and dribble. Those baseball players, my white brothers, my Dominican brothers, my Asian brothers, my Negro brothers, they're using their voice because they can. They don't agree with what Georgia did. And it was some racist bullshit. I don't care what Fox News talking point you try to come back at me with. They're using their voice because they have one. I'm just now starting this fucking podcast. I haven't had 300 total views yet or listens. I hope to get there. Who knows? Maybe this thing will get monetized. Maybe I'll find a new line of work. But for right now, I've got a very small audience. I can see her bitching and playing all day long. But those baseball players have a huge uh, platform. They have a way bigger megaphone than me. And they're using it. You want to know why? They're supposed to. scrub a dub Robert Reed fucking doing a podcast from his study doesn't mean jack shit. Major League Baseball player with bubblegum cards is worth billions of dollars. He has an audience. You know who I give love to? She's on my future ex-wife list. Megan Rapino. She's one of the first women to take a knee and say, fuck you. She's not part of the Negro family, but she stood up for us. Now, that takes some motherfucking spine. It's the same when, when I, I'm people at work. Well, what does Colin Kaepernick have to worry about? He's worth millions of dollars. He drives a new car every day. He lives in a gated community. This violence isn't going to touch him because that is how you can measure someone's character. It's when what do you do for the people that can't do anything for you? You're right. Colin Kaepernick didn't know George Floyd, but he stood up for George Floyd. George Floyd on paper looks like shit. I said this on Twitter last year, didn't I? No, I wouldn't let someone with his social resume date my kid or my sister. He shouldn't have died like a pig, though. He shouldn't have. And Colin Kaepernick stood up for him and people like him. That's how you measure a person's worth. Megan Rapino is a good-looking, rich, 
successful white woman. And she stood next to her black brothers and sisters. She had nothing to gain. But she did it because it was right. So big matter of fact, you know what? Megan motherfucking Rapino. She didn't stand on the line. She took a knee. And she took a knee for people who look nothing like her. And for that, we're going to hear a little bit of this Hendrix. Hold on. Mm, gin and truth. Let's go. So I'm about to wrap this shit up. As usual, I've presented the problem. Here's my motherfucking solution. If you find yourself bellyaching over athletes using their platform to talk about social issues, sit down and have a serious talk with yourself. Here comes a belt. Got to be more careful. Why does that social issue bother you? It's not about a flag. And like I said, no symbol can be more important than the people it represents. Colin Kaepernick and people like him simply said, don't kill black people. That was it. How simple of a message is that? I would think that's a message everyone could get behind. But apparently that answer is no. And if your immediate comeback is, what about a flag and what about a song? You need to sit down again and have a serious talk about yourself. Why are you putting a flag on the same plane of importance as a human life? Because if you do, you sure as fuck can't call yourself pro-life. All life apparently isn't sacred to you. Not, not, not when pressed up against a flag. And my other solution and I'll give, wow, about to, I, I almost said something nice about myself. <laughs> One thing I'll give myself credit for is listening to all these self-defense stories over the last, what, 16 plus years. Those ladies have changed my fucking life. I see the world so much differently now. When you walk out of the house, even when you're afraid for your life as, you know, a large black guy, like I said before, the same attributes that made me a football playing success also make me a menace to society. But I still don't have the vision of a five foot, 110 pound woman. I haven't walked in their shoes, but I've listened to their stories and it has changed my fucking life. The next time you catch yourself saying, well, what about a flag? Then you hear a black person say, I'm afraid for my life. Maybe you should sit down and fucking listen. You ever think about that? Instead of asserting why we shouldn't be afraid, maybe you should shut the fuck up and actually listen. If you don't think the Georgia rules are racist, maybe you should go and ask those people who can't vote. Why? They can't get off of work. They can't afford. When you make 10 bucks an hour, you kind of need all those 10 bucks per hour. Now, your average workday is eight hours. Some of those people stood in line for eight, nine, ten hours. That person would have missed a whole day of fucking work. So instead of asserting you know why, maybe you should fucking listen. 
Gang, that's all I got on this one. I hope y'all listen to every last fucking word. Gin and truth. Let's go.